And now, the Gen Extrapreneur Podcast. And we're back. Yeah. Day three. It's Tuesday. Pod three. It's a day the three. 11th. Pod three. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're, we're no snow. It all melted. Oh. Chinook wins. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah, though. Yeah, we, we got to love it. Got to love it. So we are going to piggyback a little bit on what we talked about last week because I, you know, we were talking before we got online here about a spending problem. Yeah. Tax season, right? You start going through those numbers. You start figuring out what you spent. And I'm not going to ask you to say how much you spent, but it did what to you? Uh, it got me fired up. And, yeah. and as a Gen X entrepreneur, Gen, a Gen X entrepreneur, uh, not only are you looking at your business expenses, but you're looking at your family expenses. Because they, they sometimes, and like in our case, they do tie together, yep. right? So the, the way the business is structured. So I did. I, I, um, it's the first time I've done a deep dive into yeah. it. I've... I've kind of had that 30,000 foot view before and I'm like, ah, you know, we eat out too much and you find the receipts on the desk or, or whatever and you look and you're like, holy cow, family of four, or we just spent, you know, $85 at a restaurant and it's crazy and then you find another one and then another one and you're like, okay. So, but See, this I, year... I like how you were calling it a deep dive but it's a really a remodel because if you've ever done a remodel and I know you have, you peel that first board up and you find out you're not just doing this, you're doing plumbing or mm-hmm. that new stud because it's completely out. Or mm-hmm. this is a lot more painful than a deep dive, isn't yeah. it? it? It it was very painful. It was very, uh, it was very painful. I used a tool um, that I use for my business. I use QuickBooks, and you know, it, it's it's kind of funny how this is all building because our first episode we were kind of talking about you know balancing a checkbook and going through and how we have instant access to everything at our fingertips. So we log on and we say, oh my. My personal bank account's got X dollars in it. I'm good to go. I'll go spend this money. Technology beautiful. Yeah, right? So I think we've gotten away from, I know I have, being that manager of money, right? So we're sitting there and we're saying, okay, well, I've got X number of dollars. I'm going to go spend this or I can spend this this week and I know my paycheck's coming in. Oh, and in real estate, they're especially bad because guess what? We all go, hey, we got a closing this month. And I got paid. Yeah, well, or we're expecting a closing this oh, month. Oh, yeah, that's and, the best And one so too. you sit there and you go, okay, well, that's great. You know, I got a closing in two weeks. I can spend the money now. It's almost as bad as a credit card. Yep. Because two weeks come along and then mean old lender <laughs> says, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do this loan. And it's either going to get extended or it's falling apart. And then real estate agents go into panic mode. They yep. go, oh, geez, now I don't have that money coming in. Where am I going to get the extra money? But back to the deep dive or the remodel. So I took my account. I, we've got two two uh, accounts that we that we run in our house, and I dropped them into QuickBooks, uh, and that was the tool that I used. And I spent about three hours going through and assigning the accounts to this particular thing. And I'm, I've already started it for for this year. Uh, I'm going to do it on an ongoing basis instead of waiting till the end of the year. <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I'm very I guilty. I know. So I waited till the end of the year. But we went through, and I and it, like I said, it took about three hours to go through and assign everything. So I looked at how much gas we put in the car. And I do something really weird. People call me eccentric sometimes. When I fill up at the pump, I don't get an even number. So if I get $35... Are you the guy that just pulls the trigger until it goes snap back and then you stick it back on the thing? No, okay. no. So in order to track my fuel expenses, because like at the local grocery store, they've got uh, gas, 
right? Fred Meyer's got a gas pump and, sure. and there's other places like that Safeway and, and everything. So what I do is I fill up the car and I get to a round number, let's say $35. Okay. okay? And then I go click, click. So I get between 35.01 and like 35.05 roughly. So I always know if I'm going through a bank statement and I see something that doesn't look normal, I can say, that's probably gas. That's probably fuel. Okay. Right? So just, just for me, it's just a little mental yeah. thing. So so if all of a sudden I see a whole bunch of charges where it's like 3501, 4004, 3502, I'm like, you know okay, what it why is. are we putting on that much gas in our cars? I got gotcha. you. So, okay. so I did that and I went through and then I did the painful thing. And this, again, tracks back to last week. We were talking about being uncomfortable. We were talking about you know, watching what we spend. So I labeled things, fast food, so McDonald's, Taco Bell. The honest labeling or the, the I honest, really don't want to come back no, and look at this a second time. The honest labeling, if it was McDonald's, Taco Bell, Del Taco, um, you know, whatever they were. So they were labeled fast food under a heading of restaurants. Yeah. And then I went and I labeled the other part of it as restaurants. So more of your sit down, fast, casual, Red Robin's. Red Lobster, we go to They probably had something more than just, you know, I ran through the drive-thru and got myself a hamburger. Exactly. And so I labeled those as restaurants. Or, or, you know, restaurant, I guess I should say. And so that was all under the heading of basically eating out for food. And it was ugly. Oh, yeah. I started seeing that number as I'm going through the bank statements. And it was a a little frustrating. And my wife knew I was doing it. She's like, don't look, don't look. I said, no, we are looking. (laughs) So it don't was, look indeed. See, I would be that yeah. guy. I would be that guy in the background going, don't look, don't look. Because yeah. so it's painful. After three months of doing this, going through, I stopped. Three statements you had to stop? Well, hold on. All right. So after three months, I stopped. And I stopped looking at the balance. Like I would look. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I, mean, I kept going, but I didn't look at the balance, right? Okay. I, I sat there and I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait till the end. Wait till everything's done. So I did that. And then I went through and, and looked for the grocery stores. And so I did that. Then I went through and I started to notice something even more peculiar. And it was convenience stores. And it wasn't gas. It was just the $2.39 yeah. here, seven bucks here, there. $7 there, you know. And, and so I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go back and put a category in there for convenience store too. So I did. So I got restaurants, fast food that's up underneath there, regular restaurants up underneath there, and then C-Store was its own line. And at the end of the, the, the three hours, uh, I, I hit that little magic button, and, and I went through, and I did a profit and loss statement in, in QuickBooks, and I was appalled, Yeah. appalled at how much money we spent. And the reason being is there's absolutely no no reason why we should be engaging in that behavior. Yes, it's quick. Yes, it's easy. Yes, you don't have to do dishes. But guess what? You're eating way too many calories. Yep. The food's mostly good, but except for the fast food stuff, we all know that that's not good for you. And it was a lot of money. And I looked at that and I said, you know, if my people that I'm educating and and helping try to buy a home and telling them, you need to change your spending habits. If I'm not practicing that, I'm pretty hypocritical. Yeah. So I got the family engaged. So That's now, the hardest part well, right there. Well, 
Only one person in the family. I love you, honey. Um, oh no, that's see. I think it's I think that's true for every family. Like, there's always a spender and a saver, right? Mm-hmm. If you have two spenders, that's that's like you're only going to be in this thing for maybe five years because then you're going to run out of the spending, or somebody's going to have to go. Somebody has to be responsible, and I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Right. And, and then all of the all of the responsibility falls on the other person. The other person, yes. And then you get frustrated because yep. you're you're saying, no, we need to stop this behavior. We need to stop. So so I got the my daughter engaged. We've talked about yep. Sam. So I got her engaged and and she, you know, dropped a little bomb on my <laughs> wife the other day. <laughs> Mommy, we're not gonna go out and eat. We wanna save that money. And you know, she's got some things that she wants to do. She wants to go to the amusement park. She wants to take a vacation, know those experiences. She's not asking for stuff. She's not saying I want a whole bunch of toys or she wants an experience. She wants to go do something. Yep. And so my wife was like, well, we're going to go out to eat. And Sam goes, no, mom, we're going to stay home and we're going to save the money because I want to go blah, blah, blah. And, and I, you know, I got the six-year-old on, on track. The funny thing is my 16-year-old, right, he gets money <laughs> for his birthday, holidays, things like that, and he's been squirreling it away. And, I mean, we, we take care of everything as long as his grades are good. I mean, we help him out with all that stuff, right? Sure. And he's now at the age where he's going to have to get a job and start learning. But so we went, we, we kind of had a, uh, okay, new year, let's clean up the room, Mr. Stinky Teenager. Sorry, bud, love you. Um, you know, so we were going through and looking for old clothes because he's had a growth spurt and he, you know, a few hundred bucks squirreled <laughs> away in the old uh, piggy bank for him and he had no idea. He had yeah. no clue. And that's good though. It That's is good because he doesn't spend. Yep. But now that he realizes that he has that money, he's like, well, I might get this yep. or that. And I said, that's fine. That's your money. But yeah. just know that if you spend it, you don't get it back unless you get a job. So the, the overall gist of what I came up with or came, came away with my takeaway from it was I've got to practice what I preach. So we are. And, uh, we're looking for new recipes, and it was interesting. You you, you gave me a little thing and yep. uh, online, and, and so we started looking at that, and we started looking at the meals, and it was really kind of neat. It, it was different because um, we eat the same old thing, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. And, yep. Everybody's right? got their go-to yeah, when it comes to that. You yep. know, and then we got our we, we go to Costco, and we get the, the roast beef, and we do French dips and, you know, the little sauce packet. I mean, so we have our, our creatures of habit stuff that we make at home. But it's like, oh, I don't want to cook tonight. I don't want to well, I don't want to cook either. And yep. I don't want to do the dishes. But you know what? At the end of this year, if we are able to cut that food budget between grocery and eating out in half, we will have enough money to take a hell of a vacation <laughs> or My house. invest in a house. Yep. And and that is that is really kind of my driver, and I have to remind the family of, of why we're doing what we're doing. Um, my son is going to be a senior next year and you know, who knows what life is going to bring when he decides to go to college. I mean, that's the other thing he's starting to look at colleges. And and so, yeah, I'm looking at this going, okay, it's time to put the big boy pants on and, and, you know, kind of bring in the reins. And so for anybody listening to this, if you have a spouse or a significant other, this is not probably going to be easy. And for those of you that do and you're savers and you already have a bunch of money in your account looking to buy a house, congratulations. <laughs> you're ahead of the bell curve. But you're it, a rare breed. You are. And yep. and it's going to be um, 
it's going to be a fun year because we are making a game out of it. Yep. So. Well, and I think that's the biggest piece right there, right? You got to make it entertaining. And I've got a younger family than yours, right? We we kind of have the spread like you do. You know, you got a really young one and one in, in high school. I've got a brand new teenager, and they, they do the YouTube stuff a lot. Mm. And so we turn this into a challenge. So we are going two weeks with no eating out at all, right? And it's it's very interesting because they don't even talk about it yet, even though I know it's like in the back of their head because, you know, Dairy Queen's like a half a block down the road, and we mm. drive by it every single day to go home. And, of course, you know, they've got the newest signage up there that shows the blizzard of the month, and my kids love the blizzard of the month. It's It's different now. Because it's a challenge, right? And that's like this big thing on online is, can can you prank somebody? Can you can you can you complete a challenge? And it's not like the the funny ones we used to make fun of a couple of years ago, like the Tide Pod challenge. Yeah. This is this is one where they're like, we we've got the star system when we eat. Like everybody gets a star whether you like the meal or not. Oh. Instead of going, you know, ah, oh, Dad cooked like crap tonight. I get yeah. the, hey, we got three stars out of it. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're getting sucked into social media uh, application. Oh, that's interesting. You'll have to let me know what your five-star meals are. I'll come over. Oh, man, let me tell you. Well, we've had a couple of good ones, but like what we had talked about with using like HelloFresh, just find simple stuff. Everybody's involved. Yes, dishes still, they're terrible. Let's not even beat around the bush. You know, nobody wants to do dishes. But I've got kids helping me cook in the kitchen now. And that's probably the funnest part of this. Like, my youngest was like, Dad, can I help you cut vegetables? No, but I got something you can do with me. Yeah. And well, she's you're teaching a life, life skill. Right. I mean, you're, you're teaching them to be... So I, I worry about my son. He better find himself a really good woman, <laughs> or he better find himself a way to learn how to cook real fast. Because, you know, he, he knows basics, real basic stuff. Yeah. Grill scares him to death. Okay. Barbecue grill, like... That that's like Darth Vader. It's it like, used uh, to scare me though. Think about I this. Know. When okay, so who taught you? Let's let's walk down that path. Who taught you to grill? Was it your dad? So it's, or was it the school of hard knocks? So it's funny you say that. I actually have an article from when I was about four, maybe five, in the local paper where I grew up. They came out and there's a picture of my dad. My mom and me standing in front of the grill. My, I don't think my brother and sister are around yet. And uh, it talked about grilling and how we as a family. I mean, this was like an article in the local paper. I'm, I'm a That's local cool. celebrity from like <laughs> 30 plus years ago. But no, it, it, my mom and dad kind of taught me a little bit. And then I did the terrible job. Right. You know, you cook some stuff, you burn some chicken. I can yep. honestly tell you, I forgot about some ribs that were on my grill a couple of years ago and it got so hot. It was charcoal. Mm. Like it was throw it out. Don't even, I mean, there was no meat. It was just completely charred and it, it flamed up and I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. So, yeah. but try, try, try. And, and, but see, and my daughter's the in the kitchen too. So, right. But the see, we'll go back, walk back to that. You had somebody teaching you, right? Nobody ever taught me. So when you say try, 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 I think people get worried and afraid like, oh, somebody's going to judge me for this. Well, who's judging you, right? You're going to judge your own cooking. You're going to go, wow, that was terrible. Let me try something different. Mm -hmm. But how do we walk that path? How do you, how do you, how do you not get into that, that funk of somebody's going to judge my cooking. That's why I won't do it. 
So if my feeling on it, my wife has become the queen of soups. She self-proclaimed, put a crown on her head. She's got her magic ladle. Uh, she makes zupa like they do over at Olive Garden. She yep. makes a Christmas soup, which is a family recipe. Um, she did potato soup the other day, which was really good. Nice. Um, and so she'll, during the cooking process, she'll bring, you know, samples over and jam it down my throat. She's like, here, try this. I'm like, ah. I'm like it's like 400 degrees. You just burned my mouth. Um, but no, so she, so what I do is, is I tell her I'm very, not a spicy type of a person. Like I don't, I, I like flavor, but I don't like spicy flavor. Right. Um, unless I'm doing chicken wings or something and I know, but constructive feedback. Right? Yep. If you have one spouse that's cooking, whether it's you take turns, whatever it is, I think the biggest thing is constructive feedback, right? So my wife comes and says, what do you think of the soup? I will be honest with her. Hey, honey, it was really good, except for it needed a little pepper or yeah. it needed a little this or that, right? So the next time she makes that dish, she she has little notes and, and everything, and she makes the, the food. And, and no two pots of soup are ever the same. She, yep. she just kind of sprinkles and does her magic, and, and they're good. I mean, I haven't had one yet that I'm like, Ugh. right, right. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's you've got to be supportive of the spouse, especially when you're trying to avoid them saying, "Well, let's just go eat out." Yep, the technology double-edged sword. And the other thing is, I think it brings people together. Yeah, I think when you're in the kitchen, whether it's you and your kids, you and your spouse, family, whatever, when you're in the kitchen together cooking. It, it gives you the opportunity. I know we throw music on on the robot and, and we just listen to music and we go about it. And yeah, there's things I don't let my daughter do. Crack eggs. Yeah, we've tried that. She needs a little more help. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think it's good. I think it's, it's, it's going to be an excellent exercise in money saving this year. And I look forward in 12 months at the end of, you know, Christmas time next year. I look forward to sitting down and telling you, you know, kind of how much we we put away. How much was saved. different? That's yeah. fantastic, though. I think you you touched on something that a lot of people miss, and that was you talked about your wife wife soup, and she makes the same as Olive Garden. And where we as a family kind of got started this a number of years ago. One of my favorite things was going to Olive Garden and having a specific meat dish there. Okay, mm-hmm. and. We didn't have a ton of money, so we tried to make it at home. And I found, you know, there's always like 20,000 different recipes for the same thing out there. We kind of flubbed through a bunch of them, and we found one that we could do. Didn't have, you know, like fancy um, kitchen equipment or, or fancy ways of making things. It was really kind of a simplified recipe that said it tasted the same. And it, as I recall, it did taste pretty close. But what happened was is that recipe became a thing. Like now the way it, it, it's not a written down recipe. It's just like my wife starts making this thing and you can smell the smell coming out of the kitchen. Like, Oh, Oh, it's that day. We are having that recipe. It's a little Pavlov's dog for you. Oh, let me tell you what, it is pretty fantastic. And and we'll get, you know, after we talk, you will get to it. But what has happened is, is I can't have that at that restaurant anymore. I can't go to Olive Garden and have that, even though it's still offered there today. Because the one my wife makes is better. Because it's, uh. like, over five years, it's morphed into this. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. That's awesome. So that's, I mean, that would be another thing that you could do is, like, everybody's got a favorite restaurant that they like. Even if it's McDonald's, you can make a McDonald's hamburger. I guarantee you, if you got onto Google or, or DuckDuckGo or whatever mm-hmm. search engine you're using, you can find a way 
to make a McDonald's hamburger and have it taste pretty dang close. Pretty close. Yeah, it's it's uh, with the internet at your fingertips. There's no excuse. There you go. Right? Well, and I, I th- when you do these things, uh, when you find these recipes, it you be you do get a signature dish. Yep, you do. Um, I one of my we were talking about grilling, how I learned. Um, I was fortunate enough to have dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Now, people oh. in the Tri-Cities may or may not know what Ruth Chris is, but it's a fairly high-end steakhouse in, yep. in major markets around the country. And I had a steak one day that was phenomenal. I mean, it was the quintessential steak of my life at that point. Right. And the chef actually came out. It was a fairly slow night. I mean, it wasn't busy, but he came out and he's like, Sometimes the chefs do that. Hey, you know, what did you think of the meal and everything? And I said, hey, man, I said, I don't know how you cook these, but I would love some tips. And he said, well, we have an oven back there that sears them at 5,000 degrees on the top, you know, top and bottom, and then we slow cook them after that until they're perfect. And, you know, it, it's, it's a long, it's been a long process. Up until that point, man, I had the grill, and I just threw steaks on, flipped them over a couple of times, and blah, 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 blah. No, he told me how they cooked them. So now I do the same thing, you know, sear it. And slow cook it. So that's kind of my signature dish, and usually a bottle of wine accompanies that. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's I, I think it's cool. So yeah, well, uh, the other thing I was thinking about doing, and I don't know if this is something that you know you brought up the rating system. This just popped in my head. Sometimes the visual of what you're doing is impactful. Have you ever thought about stacking bills? I mean, I know. I don't want, without getting too, you know, whatever, but you, you have a safe place in your house mm-hmm. that you can keep things and so do we, right? So, but, you know, sometimes with kids, it's a visual thing, right? Yeah. They don't understand, hey, we didn't go out to eat, we saved $50. So if you took that $50 that you're saving for something else and you put it in a, on a pile and then you do another one and then instead of going out and all of a sudden you got this big stack of yep. money, now you want your money to work for you, but... Let's face it, half percent interest on a savings account. Kidding, it, it's right? not making me all tingly inside. <laughs> but, you know, it's impactful. And and if you are looking to do that, you know, again, people listening, if you're maybe you don't have the ability to go do a $50 meal, maybe yours is a $20 meal going out somewhere, fast food. Yep. Take that 20 bucks and put it on a table or put it in a piggy bank. And the next time you want to do it, put another $20 in the piggy bank and eat at home. Make a recipe at home. And then every quarter, every month, every, you know, half year, yearly, pull that out and look at it and say, oh, my gosh, look how much money we've saved by not eating out. Yeah, it's not a, it, at that point, it's not an accounting form, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the add, subtract, I add my, my wages and I subtract my bills kind of a thing. And I think psychologically, that's why the envelope system is so successful and so popular mm-hmm. because, when you do a food budget, I put $400 in an envelope this month, and this is my food budget. Mm-hmm. You're not less likely to spend that $400 because it's real tangible. And there's a bunch of studies out there where you can go find people with credit cards spend more than those who put cash in their wallet yep. because it's more tangible at that point, right? Mm-hmm. When you were a kid and you went and cashed your paycheck and put it in your wallet, how long did it last? Well, depending on who you were, it may or may not last that long. But you weren't as fast to spend it when it was real cash as opposed to when you got your first debit card, I imagine, right? Well, yeah, because when you see it leaving your wallet and your purse or wallet starts getting thinner and lighter, you kind of go, The other thing we do is we've got a five-gallon water jug that we bought. Well, we've had it for years, but 
loose change. Yeah. If, you know, when I pay cash, if I get loose change, I come home and I throw it in the, in the jug. And I think, I don't know what Sam put on it. Vacation fund or Disneyland fund? I can't remember what it was, but she put something on it. So yeah. we, we put coins in it, right? And, you know, I've heard that if you fill those things up and you turn them in, they can be worth a couple thousand bucks depending on Ooh, if you're sil- your silver, if you're silver or, or copper. copper. Yeah, no, I've seen the same thing. But you I know, know guys with that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a good practice. Pro tip two, this is, and I'm sure you know this, and but there's a lot of people that don't. Oh, by the way, they don't call them pro tips no more. Oh, they call a life hack. Oh, life I'm hack. I'm learning these oh, things from my kids. It's a oh, life well, hack. Hey, Gen X, pro <laughs> tip. Keeping with our theme, don't shop hungry. Yes. Oh, that's so huge. Don't go to the grocery store at 4.30 in the afternoon when you're starving Marvin and go, oh, I need groceries because you will literally walk out with way more than you need. Every and time. you'll have all the stuff that you, you know, instead of one thing of ice cream for the week, you'll have two or three because, oh, wait, that person wants strawberry and that person wants mint. No. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. Have your list and stick to the list. That's my other. See, this is why I love the the, the online shopping stuff now. The pick it up. You don't go in, right? And most of these guys, most of these stores have a way to do this now mm-hmm. where you have the app. It's a whole lot easier to not spend money when you're doing the Walmart shopping and you go pick it up because you don't walk to the back of the store to get the milk and then walk through the candy aisle and mm-hmm. the, the snacky aisles and this aisle and that aisle. It's a whole lot harder to do it if you're on the app as opposed to like you just said. The only thing is I can't, I cannot, I like picking my own produce. That's the only thing. I don't want somebody else, you know, picking a head of lettuce and then I get it and I'm like, oh, why did they pick the brown one? I am 100% with you on that one. But ask yourself this. When was the last time you went into the store and the produce section was at the back of the store? Most stores' produce sections right at the front, right by the registers. True. Well, and, you know, to, to make a joke, I don't want anybody handling my cucumbers. I'm kind of with you. You know what I mean? I'm kind of with I, you I, like, I like a specific type of head of lettuce. I like a specific cucumber. I like my carrots to be a certain way. You know, just oh, because yeah. when I'm making salads and things, I don't want... Squishy cucumbers are like the absolute worst. <laughs> we got one from... Where it was, it was either a warehouse store or, or a local grocery. I can't remember. And one side was we obviously picked it up on the one side that was good. And we got home and we cut it and we, and we were like, Ew. yeah. And my wife was like, nope, goes in the garbage. So you know, always handle your produce. You know. Yep. So anyway, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really cool this year. I think we're 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 on track. Um. So yeah, I'm proud of hearing you say that, man. You're on track. We're trying. I'm hoping that we're still having this same conversation in March because usually that's when people fall off, right? Because things get busy, things get exciting. I'm even guilty of that one. That's why I say I, I, I need the accountability to stay on track with it. That's why I got that app. That's why I'm doing the, the steps now when I have the time to do it now where I can just spin the food wheel and bam, I got my food you know, ready to go. And, and we, we schedule the time because I know – that when things get crazy and busy, I still have this block of time on a Saturday morning with my wife where we can go through and do the groceries. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned the envelope system. Based on the conversation we had before the the pod here, I've got to get an envelope for tires. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna start contributing to that because tires tires ain't cheap anymore. No. So I got to start putting. I, I've still got some tread left, but you know, uh, 
the uh, going out into the wilderness or, or going down a dirt <laughs> gravel driveway. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm prepared in my truck, so. Found to, out. Yeah, I'm going to have to put that envelope together. So the other thing I want to talk about uh, today is um, there's there's been some talk, and this is more real estate related, and, and you saw me, I was pretty amped up about this. Yep. Um, one of the larger companies in the country that has different franchise real estate companies underneath their umbrella uh, is pushing to fundamentally change the way real estate is being done. And while I agree with some of the points, I don't know that I necessarily agree with the overall outcome of what may come of this. And I think ultimately it may affect our consumers, our buyers um, more, Um, but the sellers are going to take some shrapnel from it. If, if this indeed ends up being a thing. So, um, you know, for those that don't know, uh, NAR, the National Association of Realtors, uh, kind of governs uh, not all real estate companies, but realtors, people that take a code of ethics pledge and, and that type of thing. And being a realtor, I take my job very seriously. I've been doing this, I've been licensed 17, wait, oh my gosh, 20, mm. 18 years. <laughs> I got to do math in my head. Holy cow. Um, this is my 18th year of being licensed in various states. So, not a new person by any stretch. Yeah. And I teach. And when things like this come along, fundamentally changing our industry or trying to disrupt the industry, uh, it makes old timers like myself, I consider myself an old timer, um, a little nervous because it changes how we conduct business. And those that are going to be flexible and can be on the forefront are going to be able to adapt better. And the, the change that, this national brand is trying to do is to eliminate the requirement that uh, compensation in the MLS um, for a buyer's agent doesn't, it doesn't have to happen. And, and there's again, a lot of moving parts. If you want to investigate it, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It stems from um, some stuff that happened about a year, year and a half ago, department of justice is involved and it's just been this complete dumpster fire of a, a scenario But what it means for buyers is in today's market, Tony, you want to buy a house. So you go out and you decide to engage with me as a real estate agent. And I say, let's go look at houses. And then we find a house. I write an offer and I support you through the process through the purchase and sale process. And then when everything's said and done, my compensation for my professional services comes through an MLS agreement with the listing firm and the listing agent. They're trying to, this company wants to eliminate that. So what does that mean? That means you, Tony, the buyer, would have to pay your real estate agent directly for their professional services. Yeah. When we talked about first-time homebuyers last week, or last time, I should say, we talked about, you know, a lot of them scrape together the down payment and the closing costs. Maybe they're getting gift funds. Well, now tack on another percentage of, and not Money. a small amount. No, either. it's not, not a small, a small amount. amount. It's 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 not an insignificant amount. It's not like rounding up for charity. Right. No, you're <laughs> you not talking pennies on the dollar on no, this. No, it, it's it is a significant amount of money. So if a if a buyer wants to enter the market and purchase their first home or maybe do a first move up, right? And they're getting ready to sell their home and then they've got to come up with a few more thousand dollars to compensate an agent for their professional services. I think it's going to uh, hurt the buyer. 
So what are their options? We talked about it as I was kind of going through this with you. Well, if I can't, or if you can't as a buyer, be able to afford to pay a real estate agent, what is your option? Yep. And this is where this new idea is hurting people. Yeah. It's the lack of representation. And, and I agree with you. I think when when we looked at this a couple of years back, I think the, the heart behind it was in the right place. Transparency, right? Correct. The heart behind it was in the right spot. And it's morphed into something. And, and inevitable. I hate to say it, this is usually what happens with government-sponsored enterprises such as this, where they think that they're fixing a problem, that they're just making it more convoluted and more problematic. And like you just were, were hitting on, now we're going to see consumers hurt. I, we, I, we could see the potential for it. I, I do. I think so. There are workarounds. I'm not going to say that this is this is a, oh the sky is falling. I'm not. I, I don't want people to the, that are listening to think that that's how I feel. There's going to be workarounds, but every market is going to be a little different. Yep. And agents are going to have to adapt. And yep. I what I foresee happening, and I'm marking the calendar because I'm putting this on the pod today, is I foresee. The good agents that have tenure, that are willing to be flexible, that, that, that go through education, continuing education, that want to see this, I see them sticking around. The mark of a professional. Correct. Professional services. Um, I don't use commission when I talk to my clients, whether they're buyers or sellers. It's my professional services. That's yep. what I provide. No different than an attorney. No different than a dentist. I provide professional services. My compensation is in the form of a commission. Yep. Right? based on percentage. So what I'm what I'm foreseeing happening in the future is we're going to see a reduction in the number of agents. I'm not unhappy to hear that. I love my fellow realtors, my frenemies, you know, we work well, we we all have to work together. We're all in the same playground. But I feel that a bunch of people have jumped into this industry based solely on the fact that they see huge dollar sign numbers. Yeah. And they don't easy money. Easy money, they don't take it seriously. Yeah. So what's going to happen is they're going to go away. Yeah. Or they'll hold their license and they might do a friends and family deal. But but from an actively participating standpoint, I, I see our agent count, at least in our area, go down. Because if this goes through, if there is no requirement for compensation, buyer's agents are going to have to have those difficult and uncomfortable conversations with their buyers, explaining to them that you are going to need to pay me directly. Yeah, And if you don't know how to deliver that sandwich... You're so that the not buyer, going to be doing it very long. No, you won't. <laughs> it, it, you won't. It, it, you will end up not having clients. You will end up not having, um, you know, a, an income stream. Yep. And I, I think you'll see a lot of people go part time. I mean, we have a lot of part. I call them part time agents, but we have a lot of you know part time agents that do this as a side hustle. Which, again, I think as a professional, as somebody that does this, as somebody that teaches classes, you know, to help people be better, I, real estate is a Full-time job. Yep. Anybody that tells you different is has no clue as to what we go through. I mean, I put in between teaching and, and selling and marketing and everything else, I probably put in 50 to 60 hours a week. And that's by choice. I could go more, but I, I have a family, so I cut it off. So these buyers are going to have to figure out how, not how, who they're going to work with and how that person is going to represent them in this transaction. And like I said, there's going to be workarounds, and I'm, you know, that's the that, that's the beauty of of humans and humanity is that we'll always find a workaround. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, government puts in a new rule, and everybody finds the loopholes until yep. they try to close the loopholes, which usually opens up new loopholes. So, 
I'm watching this very carefully because I think it is going to impact our buyers. And I don't want people to bail out of the market because they feel like, well, I don't, I'm not going to be able to come up with another 5000 or $10,000 to buy this house. Yep. There's ways. Yeah. There's always going to be something, right? Because that happened in my industry. I'm in the same way, you know. They, they, they peeled back the layers to force more transparency into it. And it didn't hurt Right? It hurt the people that didn't want to be transparent, but it didn't hurt at the end. This is different. This is different because I think it like you were just saying, it takes away it takes away the opportunity for separate representation. And I would tell you from a personal standpoint, when I bought my first house, I didn't understand what dual representation meant. And we've had this conversation. Mm-hmm. And now that I've been doing this for as long as I've been doing this. Some of the conversations I remember having with that particular agent, they, they're more poignant now where I went, you know, if I had been just a little more educated about what was going on, it would have raised flags where I would have went, hold on, time out. Yeah. Who are you working for here? You know what I mean? Well, in, in a dual, in dual agency, dual representation is a completely uh, a different topic that we can talk about. Yeah. But... Well, the, I'm the, just touching the, on it. It's oh, the same oh, absolutely. thing. You know what the, I mean? the gist of it is that's where you're going to see the first knee-jerk reaction. You're going to see it, all these agents trying to become listing agents. Yep. And so whatever the, the, the good ones that have been doing this a while, that have, the, that, that have the knowledge and the skill, they're going to continue to list. The buyer's agents or people that were, are specifically buyer's agents are going to have to learn how to list homes. And it's going to drive a lot of people in... My, my foreshadowing or my what I'm thinking about this is it's going to drive a lot of buyers to call the sign. Yeah. So listings are going to be key. But you're calling the listing agent who has a duty that, see, to that's represent where I was going the seller. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and so now you call and say, hey, Mr. Real Estate Agent, I saw you have this house for sale at 123 Any Street. I'm, I, I, I don't have an agent. I want to write the offer. And so now... There's no compensation being offered to a, a buyer's agent. So now the seller is only represented by a licensed professional. Buyer's coming in blind, but thinks, perceives yeah. that maybe that agent's going to help them. And they're not. They're yeah. not on their side. And even if they do sign a dual agency agreement, the sad part about that is the duty to the seller is truly to, or to the selling agent, the listing agent, is truly towards the seller. Exactly. Yeah, there's a little bit of... You know, I, I mean, we always want to work ethically and honestly and everything with all parties involved, but ultimately fiduciary and some of the other requirements are only for that seller at that point. And if a buyer discloses something to that agent because they're not represented yeah. and they go, well, we're willing to go up to 350 and the house is listed at 325. Now, all of a sudden, the buyer gets a, a counteroffer back at 350. At 350. Yep. So who took advantage of a situation at that point? Like I said, there's going to be some fallout. Um, I like to be the guy that just kind of sits back and watches. I don't want to engage because I want to see what the players are doing on the on the field before I step in and, and get tapped. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to monitor this. this. Thing. We're in this thing. Yeah. You know, we, we, we live and breathe in this. You're a professional. I'm a professional. This is what we do on a daily basis. Yeah. And if you're staying ahead of the curve, Education. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing all the time: educating ourselves, educating the, the people that we're working with, that sort of stuff. This this would be a, this is going to be an ongoing and growing conversation. Yep. You know, it, it's going to be interesting. And again, the the brands that uh, or the the uh, 
um, parent company that's doing this is not a small parent company. So they're, they, they have the ability to drive or, you know, turn the ship, so to speak. And yep. I hate that analogy, but it's, you know, it's one that's used. They have enough market share that Cloud. they could turn this ship. Yeah. And the rest of us are going to be like, ubly. Are we, we are on the ship the or are we or on not. the lifeboat? Nope. No, <laughs> you know? it, and that's the, that's one of the reasons why we're trying to stay ahead of it now, right? That's why you watch this stuff and see where it's going because at least you get the decision as opposed to being forced. Yep. If you can see it coming, you can decide the boat is okay or I'm going to swim. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other interesting, uh, we started this segment, there are realtors in this country and there are real estate agents and yep. there is a difference. And depending on how this plays out, there might be a lot more real estate agents licensed through their respective states and not as many realtors. So yeah. that's uh, that's the other kind of side piece on, on this that we're trying to figure out is, do you have to be a realtor if you agree with this or disagree with this? Yeah. And uh, again, Washington State, um, over on the west side, there are a lot of independent shops that are not national franchises that are not realtors. They are just licensed real estate agents and they some of them do not take the code of ethics. They don't, you know, they don't do some of the things that we as realtors do. So when you're looking at that, you have to know who you're dealing with. And then when you go engage, I mean, God forbid you engage as a buyer and you don't have representation and you're not dealing with somebody who's a, a realtor, who's just a re- licensed real estate agent who hasn't taken that code of ethics, you don't know what you're dealing with on the other side. So you really, representation is there to protect the buyer and the seller and the companies. As a business owner, I want my agents to participate yep. in an ethical manner. Yep. And that code of ethics gives me teeth if they choose not to. There you go. So, but anyway, so I think we're uh, I think we're kind of wrapped up on this. We got a <laughs> we got a whole bunch of fun stuff. So you saw the logo. You're all excited about that. The logo looks fantastic. Yeah, I we, can't wait to see this thing online. That's yeah, for sure. We, we got some color that we need to uh, to, to change on there and pink and. Uh, you know that that Miami Vice pink and blue. I don't know Ooh. if that's working. But. I, you know what? It's it's not growing on me. So we yeah. got we got to we got to play. I, again, the logo looks good, and seeing this thing coming together like we've been listening to some of the stuff, like the the, the growth of the conversations we've been having are pretty cool. I'm well, excited. I think we need to commit because you know setting goals and committing to those. Yep. Um, I think we need to commit. Maybe not next one. Maybe not pod four, but pod five end of the month beginning of february okay maybe we should have a guest Ooh. our first guest a guest on yeah, on the guest. show we, we need we a, have a show now don't we, we? I, I guess <laughs> i guess we need it we need somebody who's an entrepreneur okay so we'll, we'll need to find um, we've got a lot i mean between you and me we know a lot of small business owners in the tri-cities i yep. would prefer somebody that was born gen x because you know that's kind of what we're doing sure um but I'm open to bringing somebody in with, and it could be outside our industry. It doesn't necessarily have to be. You know, I think it's important to get a different perspective. Somebody outside of, I mean, we live in the same sphere, shall we call it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm on one side of the desk, you're on the other. But otherwise, it's, it's the same environment. It is. Right? I think finding a, a separate perspective of somebody who does not work in this this chosen field, I think, that could be really interesting on this. Do we do we dare invite somebody who owns a restaurant <laughs> after, after after our discussion the today? First four? Oh man, I don't. You know what? I don't think that would hurt. I don't think that would hurt because I think I think if we're cooking at home, right, and you're spending more time with your family, 
I think it makes restaurant visits special. I think so too. And I don't think restaurant visits anymore are special. They're convenience. And that's why fast food is so big because mm-hmm. it's a convenience. That double-edged sword idea, yeah. right? Why is McDonald's so important? Because it's fast and it's cheap. And it's consistent. Yep. That's consistently the, bad, but it's well, still consistent. Yeah, you you consistently know that if you buy a burger in Tri Cities or you buy one in St. Louis or Washington D.C., you're going to get the same basic burger. I mean, it's yeah. you know you're not you're not going in like a independent. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's. I don't think it would hurt to bring somebody like let's, that in. Let's here. open up the Rolodex. There you go. Young people go. What the hell's a Rolodex? What's a Rolodex? Let me get out my card for, file. For those of you that aren't Gen Xers or older, a Rolodex is go to your contacts on your phone. That it literally is too. Yes. Oh my gosh! I, I remember know. some of the first Windows stuff that we saw. The three point one one. Do you remember what that was? Oh yes. They actually had a program called the Rolodex. Yep. yep. So we we just we we love everybody that listens to this. Um, you know we're not we're. Equal opportunity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, your wife's at least heard one. I haven't even let my wife listen yet because I know that you know she's going to go. What are you guys doing? And, but no, I I do. I appreciate anybody that's listening, and I think this is going to evolve, and we'll get better. I mean, that the the biggest thing that you know as an entrepreneur is is movement. Yep. And, and I'm I'm finishing up the what's this book. I was on the I was listening to it quite a bit yesterday. What's my audio book? My current one. Ooh. Is it entertainment or oh, is it learning? No, it's learning. I, yeah. I don't do a whole lot of entertainment while I'm driving um, because I, I tune out. I tend to, I've, I've found that if it's not engaging in my, my brain, I'm just like, mm. and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I listened to two hours of an audiobook and I don't <laughs> and remember. And I don't remember yeah, any of it. Yep. But I, I do when I'm, when I'm out driving, I'm, you know, when I'm looking at property and stuff, I, I throw this on. A lot of my stuff is freeway driving. So it's, you know, I don't want to say autopilot, but it's not as, you know, oh my gosh, I'm in traffic in Seattle and I've got to pay attention to the guy cutting me off. So it, got know, it. it's open road, freeway driving. But I'm listening to High Performance Habits this year. Ooh, nice. So far, this is my first book for the year uh, by Brendan Bouchard. No, um, there's no plug or, you know, I'm just this telling you what I'm listening to. And there was something yesterday in this. I'm, I've got about three hours left. But there's um, there's something in there that was intriguing to me. And he said, you got to take the first step. Mm. And there's a lot of people that don't take the first step. He's talking about entrepreneurs that have the best idea in the world. But if you don't take that first step, they don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. Yep. And another book I read last year said, you know, just do it. You're going to sound silly. You're going to sound goofy. You're going to go, oh my gosh, I don't want to be on camera because I look like an idiot. I think that's why you and I are doing pods because, you know, we're, we got faces for radio, right? <laughs> At least I do. I, I keep saying I do. I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty, if you ask You're my pretty, wife. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll verify that fact. But it, it's anybody listening to this that's an entrepreneur because, you know, that's kind of our focus. We're both entrepreneurs and, and I... I encourage anybody that wants to take that leap to go out and do it. But I really, really, really got to stress that the hardest part about that, and again, we'll talk about this at some point, was making that decision to step out from the comfort zone. Yep. And we're bringing it back around to what we started with. It's the comfort zone. It's the it, it's the we go eat out, we spend a lot of money. It's the comfort zone. We're in it. Well, you've got to be uncomfortable if you want to make the change. That's correct. And so... You know, to close it out, I mean, be uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable if you're whether be willing to be be willing to be uncomfortable. You and you know what? If somebody says no, it's not going to crush you. It's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, I think it was Les 
who's a Les Brown? He's a motivational speaker. I think in one of his things, he says, someone else's opinion of you does not have to be your fact. Yep. Right? And, and I think we've become so worried about, especially you mentioned YouTube, especially in, in this day and age of digital social media and stuff. Oh my gosh, people are going to think of me weird or this or that. If you want to do it, step out of the comfort zone, figure out what you need to do and do it. There will be haters. And, and another famous guy out there, Grant Cardone. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, he's all over the place. He's blown up the last couple of years, you know, and I watch some of his stuff and, and you know, it's interesting. It's motivational in some way. Sure. But he said, and I think his, I can't remember the quote exactly. So Grant, if you ever do listen to this, I apologize. <laughs> but I, it, it was it was either a meme or something he did in a video. And he said, when I have haters, I know I'm doing something right. There you go. Yep. And, and I think that that is, you know, when you start to get those haters, when you start to get those people questioning or telling you that you're doing something wrong or what, no, you're doing it right. They're just jealous or they're envious or whatever you want to call it. So... Yeah, comfort zone. Maybe that'll be this. Uh, this is that the word for our podcast? Yeah, that'll be our zone. term, comfort zone. <laughs> comfort zone. So anyway, hey, we're 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 wrapping up. Uh, I appreciate you coming out. Absolutely, it's, these are fun. These oh, are these great are fun. Yeah, it's too bad we're not recording some of our phone conversations <laughs> that we have. The, those would those would not be the PG versions though. No, those, those no, would no, be no. the uh, those Internet would be the PG thirteen versions. The uncut with the uh, disclaimer at the beginning. These are our opinions, and we get when we'll go with them for what they are. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna keep doing this because I enjoy it, and you know what? If, even if we get one person other than our both of our spouses that listen to it, then I'm happy. We're, we're effective, and, and hopefully we do get more people listening. Hopefully we get buyers. Hopefully we get people looking for loan advice. Uh, you can find us. We're going to have a – like I said, you know, we're, we're moving. We've got genextrapreneur.com. Nice. That's where we're going to start uploading these and have them all dialed in. And then uh, yeah, we're kind of doing this backwards. I think everybody else gets their domain first and gets everything in order. But now we just jumped in and said we're going to yeah, start we recording. recording. So what? Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, we'll get a we'll get a guest in here. So think about a couple. I, I've got a couple of people in mind that own restaurants in town. Um, might yeah. reach out to them and ask them, and we'll just we'll have some questions and and see see how they dealt with the entrepreneur life and the restaurant life. Cause my, my, oh my, I've heard some stories. Yes, and and restaurants are are definitely struggling right now. Across the country, I think. Yep. So it's it's good to get their perspective so people understand what's going on. There we go. So Next cool. Week. All right. Big T. It's a great day. Yeah, it is a great day. Go out and make magic happen, right? Indeed.